All right, good evening. So I'm going to go ahead and do my best to stay consistent with this, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, will tell you that um, I read the Bible often, um, but it, it is a challenge to um, read it and put a study together every night of the week. So I'm going to really do my best to stay consistent every Monday. I figure that if I do that for a year uh, every Monday, then I would be able to put together a series of studies, um, string together a series of studies uh, to where I'm... Um, you know, folks can go through them, um, each one and, and hopefully find some benefit from it. You know, in, when you're doing this, you think that you have to do something every single day. And that's a challenge in today's fast paced world. I've slowed down a lot from, you know, coaching my son's baseball, basketball, and football team and, and my daughter's team and, working 50 plus hours a week and, you know, being a, a husband and, you know, a dad outside of the sports and a brother and a friend. And, you know, I got a couple of good friends that I just haven't visited, uh, visited recently. And I would really like to go see them and, and, uh, it's, it's tough, but, uh, you got to make time. You can't make excuses. Uh, or I'm sorry, let's put it this way. You can make excuses, uh, but you can't make time, right? So we need to figure another way, another avenue um, to make time uh, because life is short. And, um, you know, after these last six months of around maybe a little bit more than six months of, um, you know, uh, burying my sister, my brother, um, and then my 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 wife's uh, my wife's dad. Um, reality sets in, you know, that uh, life is short. Uh, be thankful for today. Tomorrow's never promised. Be a light today. Uh, don't just be thankful for today, but impact somebody. Smile at them. Uh, get someone to smile. Um, you know, talk to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ for crying out loud, folks. You know, how many people in this past year do you know that either died or know somebody that that, that has died? It's a lot. And it's more than we would um, like to know, but it also sets in that, that uh, death is reality. It is a part of life. And, um, you know, so while we're here on this planet, we should be sharing, uh, number one, the truth of the gospel, that salvation is extended to, uh, to anybody on this, on this planet. Um, God will save everyone that he intended to save. Amen. And we don't know who they are. So, um, we can easily look at somebody and say that there's no way that that person is saved. And yet the thief on the cross, the thief on the cross that looked at Jesus and said, remember me, Lord. And Jesus simply told him that on this day you will be with me in paradise. For, for whoever shall call on the name of Christ shall be saved. Here's the key to that. Most people will not cry out for God. Most people will not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Most people will not even care uh, to know the name of Jesus Christ. And that's what the Bible teaches us. So I'm going to actually start in a study um, on Genesis, the book of Genesis, which is the book of beginnings. um, The first book of 66 books in the Bible. 
and uh, we're going to make our way through the book of Genesis. So Genesis chapter 1, I'm starting at verse 11. Um, I might backtrack a little bit, but this is just something I read uh, yesterday, or no, I'm sorry, about 6 o'clock this morning, and uh, I was going to share it, but um, I found out that I didn't record it. <laughs> So I forgot to hit the record button and went to jibber jabber and, and uh, never recorded it. So after 20 minutes of that, I just said, you know what, I'll try again tonight. So here we are. It's Monday. Um, let's pray. Um, we'll open up in prayer and then um, and then we'll go ahead and uh, get started in the study. So please block out all distractions. I mean, I mean they're going to be waiting for you after this. There's distractions tomorrow. They'll be there the next day. I promise you that. All right, block them out and stay focused on God's word today. Lend an ear and listen. Close your eyes, relax, and listen to the word of God. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, we are so thankful for this opportunity to come to you in an obedient manner, in a humble manner, searching the scriptures to get an understanding of what your word can teach us, can give us a new golden spiritual nugget to be able to share with somebody else, not just for ourselves, but to share it with somebody. This world is in such need, it's in such chaos, such turmoil, such confusion, and your word is the only thing that remains true and without mistake. Father, we are so thankful that we get the opportunity to pray to you, to talk to you, to talk to you. You're our Father in Heaven, and we get to actually have a conversation with you. Yeah, you don't reply back to us. That's okay. Um, but we can read your word and find answers um, to our questions through your scripture. Father, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for our lives. Thank you for our health. Thank you for this day. Thank you for our families. Thank you for everything that you do to provide for us, because we know that it is you that sustains us and keeps us from the evil one. Father, protect us and guide us. Have your hand on us and just, most importantly, help us to share the truth of the gospel. We love you and thank you. In our Lord's name we pray. Amen. All right, so here we go. Genesis chapter 1, verse starting in verse 11. And um, I had talked about in a few studies about um, the Reformers. And the Reformers, when they interpretate the Bible, they use a historical, literal, grammatical uh, interpretation. Um, I'm not going to get too much in depth with that. And if you find time, look into uh, what the reformers did. You see, when Martin Luther broke away from uh, Catholicism, um, they had a works gospel. So if you died or had a family member that died, um, in order to get them out, you had to pay money to get them out of purgatory. It was kind of a place that was in between hell and heaven. And um, if you paid money, then you could get them out, which is obviously false. And Martin Luther, after he continued to study scripture, and he would bring these questions up to uh, the teachers, and they would just kind of boot him. I mean, he was a monk, and he would just continue to talk to um, uh, all these different teachers, these other monks, and they were just like, this guy's a troublemaker. He wasn't a troublemaker. He just found out that the Lord had provided uh, understanding, spiritual understanding, um, as Martin Luther carefully studied scripture. And when he knew it was true and would ask questions to 
who, you know, these were people he trusted. Um, this, this was his brethren, right? His, his brothers. And, um, you know, you know when somebody's just, you know when somebody's just talking some bull crap. When you, you, you ask him a question and they, um, they simply just, they lie to you. You know, sometimes they think they're doing it for your own good, but the reality is um, a lie is a lie. And so Martin Luther eventually wrote the 95 Theses, uh, nailed it to the, the door, um, and, and it was sharing the truth of the Bible, that we are saved by grace and not by works. And, uh, you know, so when it comes to spiritually understanding the Word, there's something that the Reformers did. They tried to protect the uh, Christianity by coming up with um, uh, the Westminster larger, larger Catechism or the Heidelberg Catechism um, and they came up with these different ways of protecting um, truth of the Bible uh, and not allowing the works gospel to enter back in and we can see today that it's not only entered back in it has taken over most of the churches uh, and you know we ask ourselves, what do we do in the midst of um, so many that have fallen away? We simply read the word, stay obedient to Christ, and ask him for direction and to intervene. That's what we do. Um, so we're going to get into the parables. And the parables were one thing that uh, the reformers talked about, that they would not use parables or search out scripture and find parables. Um, they would only use the literal parables. Uh, like the the you know the um, the parable of the fig tree or the parable of uh, the sowing of the seeds. Um, the, there's lots of parables that are you know that are written out in the Bible, and then there's an explanation that comes with it. And that's what they would stay focused in on. They didn't want to search the scriptures to find parables, um, as I'm going to share with you today. Um, as uh, Genesis chapter 1, uh, starting at verse 11, talks about the grass and the trees. And my question to you, after I'm done reading, you, you have to ask yourself this. What do the, gra the grass and trees represent? So if we find that there's a parabolic meaning here, then we have to understand that it's throughout the entire Bible. And it's time to start you know, searching those scriptures. I believe that the, you know, the seal has been you know, lifted off the Bible um, and has been, you know, a new revelation has been opened up. Not, not the revelation as people say, you know, God came to me into to a dream or he spoke to me. I don't, you know, that doesn't happen. That's impossible. When God finished the Bible, completing the Bible, um, there was no more dreams after that. There's no more um, speaking in tongues. None of these things are, are happening anymore because if we're able to have some kind of new power to do something that's uh, outside of the Bible, then we are adding to the Word. All I'm simply saying is that we are understanding Scripture more today than we ever had before, um, as I'm going to explain to you here, and people are just afraid to touch it because they feel they're adding to the Bible. And you'll see after I'm done reading here that I'm not adding to it, I'm just giving an explanation of something that we just don't really look into anymore. We don't search the, search the scriptures as we should. Um, so this is this is actually a um, this is new and it should be exciting um, because God is God speaks to us through His Word, 
and uh, and I'm going to share this with you today. So um, I think uh, there was a couple studies I did that was talking about uh, the parabolic meaning, the one part that the reformers left out. And remember this, that Jesus uh, spoke in parables and without parables, he did not speak. Um, so, you know, all scripture, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is given for inspiration, reproof, and correction. Um, and what that means is that we have to be open to interpretation. You know, that if, you know, the interpretation is changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament and the Reformers, you know, we just think that it's over. <laughs> no, we have to continue to search the scriptures as the days of the, Bere- of the Bereans and ask for the Lord for direction and for understanding. And so um, I'm going to share with you just a, just a small snippet of this understanding. And I just pray that it blesses you as much as it blessed me. So uh, let's go ahead and read. And we'll go for me. So, just a quick heads up: if you get a chance, turn to uh, to Genesis chapter one, verse eleven, so you can read or read all of uh, Genesis, Genesis chapter one. Um, and at any point in time, when I'm reading, just pause it, pause it, right? Take some notes, come back to it, pray on it. If you need to pray, just pause it and say, you know, I'm, this was this spoke to me, and I'm going to talk to the Lord about it and ask for Him to give you understanding. If you're not sure of something, send me a message, ask me a question. Um, I'll be more than happy to answer that question. And if I don't have the answer, we'll work together to find the answer. Amen. All right. So here we go. Um, Genesis chapter one, starting at verse 11. So on the third day, um, I remember God on the third day, he had formed the dry land. And in verse 11, God says, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his, his kind, uh, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Now see, God is creating grass and fruit trees on the third day. These are plants that have seeds in them. Now focusing on the grass, if you let, you know, let it grow, and if, well, if you're in Northeast Ohio, you'll understand this. We don't really have the luxury that many others in a warmer climate have to cut the grass daily. Sometimes when it rains, it rains for a long time, and we have to wait till it stops raining. Um, but if you allow it to grow, it eventually will yield uh, seed pods and release them into the air to grow more grass. Now, spiritually speaking, Satan, Satan's goal is to kind of like be the lawnmower and continue to cut the grass down so it doesn't produce more seed. So it doesn't produce good seed. So, you know, what is this a picture of? It's a picture of mankind. And I'll continue to read and you'll get more understanding as I'm reading. But listen. And if you have to rewind and come back to where we're at, do so. So some that are saved, um, there's there's a picture of grass and trees uh, that produce fruit. And some, some of the trees produce fruit and some actually don't produce fruit. The same as some of the grass... Um, uh, uh, is scorched and some is not scorched. So that's just a picture of uh, those, some that are saved and some that are unsaved. Um, so if you turn with me to Romans chapter 11, and I'll just give you a couple references here, or write this down and go back to it if you want to. But Romans uh, uh, chapter 11 um, says that we are grafted into an olive tree. Um, Psalms 92 tells us that we are like a palm tree. He mentions that we are like cedar trees or we're like fig trees. 
And when you carefully study um, the Bible, you can see that they are all spiritual pictures of mankind. Uh, if you turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24, um, for all flesh is as the grass. Um, so it's telling us in this picture that all flesh is of, of grass. Or you know, turn to Revelation chapter 9, uh, verse 4. Um, and we read there that it was commanded that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, nor any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God on their foreheads. So they're talking about grass and trees here as a representation of mankind. And it sounds like the elect, obviously, here. Um, and then it says, you know, you know, that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing or any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God on their foreheads. Kind of seems odd. You know, you hear lots of times when people will say, I read the Bible, but I just don't understand it. Stay with me here. This particular grass and tree is a representation of the true believers. Now, environmentalists, you know, they don't read the Bible, understand it, but they would read something like this and say, ah, see, that's little grass. And those are literal trees and we need to protect the planet and pass a bunch of laws and stop, you know, people from cutting down trees and all that other stuff. But folks, I'm here to tell you that you know, the earth has an expiration date. Yes, we should take care of the planet. We shouldn't litter. We shouldn't do those things because it's just not the right thing to do. But I assure you, God is not referring to, you know, to the grass here or the trees as little grass or little trees. Um, but to prove the point, my point even further, look at Psalms chapter 1, where we read, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall, now get this, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly, however, are not so, but are like the chaff the wind drives away. Now, back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 11 and then verse 12, um, God says, Let the earth bring form grass and herb yielding uh, seed and fruit trees yielding fruit after his kind. Um, that's in verse 11 and verse 12 says, uh, And the earth and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding tree after his kind and the tree yielding free, fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw it, and, and it was good. Three times God mentioned after his kind. Now, again, take a note here, write it down, pause, whatever you need to do, but turn with me to Matthew chapter 3, verse 10. And this is actually John the Baptist. He's given a warning. He's, you know, John the Baptist was no joke. He spoke, I wish I was like John the Baptist sometime. They just spoke truth. And a lot of times we have to tiptoe around things so we don't hurt people's feelings, right? We don't want to hurt their feelings. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, I wish I was more like John the Baptist. And maybe at some point in time, the Lord will give me that, um, uh, that, mm, not desire, but I guess uh, fearlessness to be like John the Baptist. So, but he was warning the wicked nation in this day. 
and it was Israel, uh, which was not turning to Christ. They were actually they were rejecting him. So, just because it happened over two thousand years ago, doesn't mean it doesn't apply today. It does apply today. We read in verse ten, and now also, ready for this? The axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which brings bringeth not uh, forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. As the church uses the, you know, the, 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 the reformers use the grammatical, and this was God. God obviously is in control of releasing certain things uh, when it comes to the Bible at certain times from the Old Testament using individuals at some point in time like Abraham and Noah and Moses. Um, and then moving on to Israel as uh, a re- representation of um, the kingdom of God. And then he moved to the church in Acts chapter 2. Uh, and then the, ch- you know, the church divided into a bunch of different churches because man does what man does. Is they become divided. A bunch of knuckleheads just wanting to just rule and take over just like Judas was. There was a saying back in the days where they people used to get angry and they'd call him a Judas because they you know, deceived them. Um, you shouldn't say that, by the way, but you know, I just thought that was interesting. But the the reformers tried to protect, um, you know, uh, Christianity. They thought they would they would be able to protect it by just um, writing a grammatical, historical, and literal um, rules on interpreting the Bible. They they really tried to stay away from the parabolic part of it, unless it was specifically speaking about a parable. Um, but when you do that, you stopped, you stop a part of interpretation of the Bible because Jesus spoke in parables and without parables, he did not speak. So that interpretation of the Bible is that reformers taught was good for that period of time because God was protecting it when it's not good. It was just not time to release, um, another part of the Bible. But the reformers, um, when they taught, uh, about parables, it was specific parables that were mentioned in the Bible. Uh, as I had mentioned earlier. So we can obviously see here that God is telling us that the grass and trees are mankind, and one will be producing good fruit, and the other will be producing bad fruit. One will also be harvested on the day of judgment, and the other one will be burned. Now that should scare you. One will be harvested on the day of judgment, and the other one will be burned. Think about that for a moment. Does it scare you? It should. It scares me still. Now, I used to hate it when I heard negative preachers um, just say anything that actually pierced my heart and made me feel bad. But this is what the Bible teaches. And it's true. I need to hear these things. I need to understand that my flesh, there's enmity, there's division between my flesh and my spirit. I need to know these things. If if I reject it and don't want to hear it, then obviously I'm, I'm not a believer. I want to know these things so I can continue to work on my relationship with Jesus Christ. So in order to change, we have to look at ourselves in the mirror. And if we claim to be true believers and, you know, we're not producing good fruit, like how we act, um, you know, when, when someone treats us bad, because uh, when people treat us good, it's easy to act good. You know, someone's nice to me, I can be nice to them. But when someone's mean to me, reviles me or calls me names, you know, if I don't want to pray for that per- person, if I don't want to bless that person, if I don't want to actually, um, you know, serve that person simply because of my own pride, then that is a picture of me not being a believer, obviously. So, you know, if, if we are not producing good fruit, 
and we were still subject to be cut down, the axe being cut down and uh, on Judgment Day and actually thrown into, into the fire. So we don't want that. So we should talk about these things with the intention to not be that way, with the intention to have a uh, desire to repent and ask the Lord to help us turn away from those ways and to be accepting of all things because he inevitably is the one that's in control, not us. We think we're in control, right? We might have some money in the bank account, might you know, have, might, might even have the house paid off, the cars paid off, no bills. We're in control at that point, right? We got no bills. And what if your house burns down and your car falls apart and you lose your job and every, and you, you know all your money disappears? Let's, you know, <laughs> what do you do then, right? You put all your stakes in this life and now it's all gone. It's not the way to live, amen? So our lives as believers should be ever so changing. Dying to self and living for Christ. And that's easier said than done because it's hard to do that. Like, how, how do you live for Christ? What are we supposed to do? Just go on a street corner with a megaphone and start screaming out like John the Baptist did that, you know, the kingdom of heaven is near. And, uh, you know, Jesus was already, he already came, you know, judgment began at the cross. So when he died, that's when judgment began. So what are we supposed to do? Um, so when God is actually talking about the tree after its kind, he's referring to one being saved and one being unsaved. And he's talking to those who refer to themselves as believers found in the church. And he's not talking about the world. The world already has what's coming to them. He's always talking about the people that claim to be a representation of the church. One are one set of the, one set of people are believers. One set are non-believers. Now, if you could pause again and go to Matthew chapter seven, verse sixteen. And again, if you need to pause, do that before we continue. So Matthew uh, seven, verse sixteen reads: "You shall know them by their fruits." Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Verse 17 reads, Even so ever every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. Verse 20 reads, Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Now remember, Romans 3.10, For there are none righteous, no, not one. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. We are all sinners. But how do you react after you sin? Do you bring it to the Lord and ask for forgiveness with the intention to turn away from that sin? Or do you make excuses? Do you point fingers at everybody else? You know, don't judge me, right? Only God can judge me. You should be, you should be, very, you should be afraid of that statement, you know, because God is going to judge you. Do you blame others for your life? You know, maybe you were, you know, my life, you know, my dad died a week before my ninth birthday. Uh, my mom was in Social Security, so we didn't have much. I could easily blame my family for, you know, being, you know, my upbringing. Um, was not in the most loving home, I will tell you, um, but my mom did her best. And um, my dad died, so he couldn't really do anything. Um, God rest his soul. Um, so the true believer, um, the true believer on good days and bad days will be reading the Bible and staying in prayer, asking for the Lord for direction. And slowly they will be changing and becoming more Christ-like. You'll never be Christ, 
Would you become more Christ-like? Until we are out of this flesh, we will continue to be sinners. We will have a desire to sin, but we should be on the defense all the time, trying to be prepared and ready to fight against that, putting on the full armor of God, asking for the Lord to fight this battle for us because we cannot do it on our own. <clears throat> and even if we are in, in shape and we have all this money and, you know, and we just, you know, we have lots of degrees. At some point in time, you get older and all that stuff falls away. Nobody really cares about you anymore. <laughs> it's just the truth. I'm being real with you. And it's hard to understand that, but it's the truth. So just remember, you'll never be without sin while you're here on earth. So you should be constantly fighting. And how do you fight? On your knees. Amen. God will sustain you. And you will see a change in your life as you continue in this walk. So now turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 17, uh, verse 8. If you need to pause, do so. And, you know, when you find it, say amen. I heard you. Okay, Jeremiah 17, verse 8. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreads out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat comes. But her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of the drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Now think about that. Let me read that again. Jeremiah 17, 8. For, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see the heat coming. But her leaves shall be green and, sh and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So in the year of droughts, if we're in a if we're in a year of drought right now, if we're in a time when God has taken his hand off the United States and we have no idea what's going on, we don't want to send our kids to public schools, but we have to because there's no options. We know they're te teaching transgender stuff in, in the schools and, and they're teaching that, you know, uh, our kids, when they're young, it's okay to be a boy or be a girl, whatever you want to be. It's okay not to listen to your parents. Um, you know, everybody's vaccinating and then they're recalling vaccinations and they haven't even been tested on animals. And that, yeah, you should, you're a bad person if you don't take a vaccination. You're a bad person if you don't accept um, all these people. Look, I don't accept anybody. How about that? I'm not going to, you know, I won't discriminate. I don't accept nobody because <laughs> we're all sinners. At the end of the day, it's God who's going to be accepting. Amen. God is going to want to be the one accepting and rejecting. So no matter how many rules and regulations and all these things that we think that we might be able to come up with as lawmakers in the United States Congress and, and the Senate and the, the, the President of the United States, they are going to all have to stand before judgment, before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. And he's going to say one or two things. Good and faithful servant, enter into the kingdom of heaven. Or he's going to say, I never knew you. Go take your part in, your, in the lake of fire. We obviously see how people, by their actions, that those those individuals, black, white, Hispanic, it don't matter where they come from. God doesn't see color on the day of judgment. He sees the heart. Where is your heart? Do you look at people in an evil way or do you accept them for who they are? Do you look at the poor and say, you know what? I'll look at that person just the same as I'll look at somebody that has, you know, that is prosperous. We look at all these, you know, billionaires and millionaires and people driving around these sports cars. Elon Musk, you know, the richest man in the world. You know, God allowed him to have all that stuff, but he also, you know, allowed us to, you know, the, the true believers 
the ability to see that that's temporary. That Elon Musk is going to get old and die at some point in time. Sol King Solomon said this one time, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. You know, all the money he had, everything he said he knew was going to go to his children, which they were going to actually spoil it and ruin it. King David had a son that was uh, plotted at one point in time to kill him. So when we live in this life and we just look to our, you know, our families and our fortune and or whatever we have, it's all it's all going to rust away. It's all going to, you know, it's you can't take any of it with you. But th those that are like Jeremiah 17, 8, the elect that's like Jer Jeremy, Jer Jeremiah 17, 8, the grass uh, of the vineyard and the, the trees that are planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the rivers and shall not see the heat coming. It's not even going to affect them. But the leaf shall be green no matter how crazy the, you know, the, the world gets and should not be uh, careful in the day of drought neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So I pray that you can be that believer as you go out into the world tomorrow and just have a smile on your face affecting people. You know, if you don't even know how to witness to somebody, share love with somebody. Tell somebody, hey, thank you. Smile. Hey, you know, uh, do you know who Jesus Christ is? No, let me tell you about him. Don't be afraid. It's We, we are in the time, in the day and age, where we should be spreading the gospel more today than ever before. We can't sit idle-minded just in a place with four walls. Not, I'm not talking about the churches or at home. I'm saying get out. There's a lot of people that are in need. And God always uses his people. He used them in the Old Testament. He used them in the New Testament. He used them in the church age. He'll use them after the church, after the church age. But if you, don't, if you heed the call, and you're willing to be a light, you can change somebody's life. You can, by God's will, God can breathe life into that person that you're witnessing to. And you can literally see them come from being a dead person, walking, to becoming alive with Jesus Christ. How wonderful is that? I can't express it any more than, than that. So I hope that you can see here that reading the Bible, even if you don't understand it, if you slowly read it and ask for the Lord to give you wisdom and understanding, he will give you the truth of what the true meaning means, what the, the, meaning, uh, the meaning of the word is a representation of. And here we can understand that the grass and the trees yielding good fruit is a representation of God's elect. Amen. Thank you for sharing the word with me today. Um, let's close in prayer. And I pray that uh, you're light in this dark world. It's going to continue to get darker. Might as well stop. If, if God is calling on your heart, stop. Stop goofing around. Get serious. Get a good leather Bible. Get a good Bible with a good leather binder or good leather cover. And start reading it, highlighting, you know, taking notes. Start in the book of Genesis. And as the Lord leads you in different parts of the Bible... Just accept it and be thankful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to share the truth of your word um, with those listening. I pray that it touches their heart, pierces their heart, and that you breathe the spirit of life into them. 
so that they can do the same for others. Father, in the Acts chapter 2, as the Christians were being persecuted by the Jews, you continued to raise more up. You continued to raise them up. And as we look to each other as brethren and sistren, encouraging each other with love and a remembrance of what you did for us, help us to continue to do that. And we just pray that it, that it just, there's a new fire that just continues. Thank you for your word and thank you for your understanding, Father. We pray you're with us as we go out into this world, the witness for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Walk with the King today and be a blessing.